you love Michigan sports. Red Wings, Lions, Tigers, Pistons, Michigan, Michigan State, and the list goes on. And you love beer. Love beer. Who doesn't? What if we mixed the two together? This is State of My Sports. We'll talk everything Michigan sports like only we do, and then we'll down our fair share of beer from a local brewery. Grading the beer throughout the episode, so pop a cold one on your end, and we'll get busy on ours. This is the State of My Sports. That's right, everyone. This is the State of My Sports, and this is episode 124. We're going to talk about another gut-wrenching law. Wrenching? Gut-wrenching loss for the Detroit Lions. Uh, talk about what we liked and disliked, along with the crazy and controversial ending. Uh, Michigan State and Michigan both escaped at home. You know, with, with a couple close games, we're going to dive into both of those. Michigan with a tough matchup here against uh, Wisconsin. We're going to dig into that a little bit as well. Uh, during our Betting Hero segment, we're going to make our picks against the spread, and of course, we'll grade some Michigan beer from Sicily Almost Market. If you're joining us live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, or Twitch, please let us know in the comments. Uh, be part of the conversation. Uh, let us know how bad that Lions game hurt you, because um, I'm selling over it. Uh, before we jump in, I want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors that help keep this thing rolling and free to our listeners. Uh, the Hops Brewing Company and Cafe is the official brewery of State of My Sports. Siciliano's Market helps us pick out our Michigan beers for each and every episode. Mac Web Design helps us get our website rolling, and BettingHero.com helps us and you get the best promotions available in the sports betting world. I actually got back into the sports betting world this this weekend so i randomly signed Did in you? uh to my fan duel account and i had 180 bucks i don't know i must have had like a watching yeah is that a super bowl <laughs> bet it's probably a super bowl bet it must have been a future that i didn't realize i did i i have a feeling it was tampa tampa bay lightning because hmm. i haven't i haven't bet since march like march madness was a, a rough one for me so i took took a break and i'd never logged in so i'm, I'm thinking it was either it might have been the the Bucks or the the Lightning is my guess. That's so. awesome. So it ended rough and did it like restart rough. You were kind of telling us yeah. about maybe a mistake you made this weekend. Yeah, well, it was actually today. <laughs> oh, was, today. I was sitting there, and uh, so I thought I thought what's his name Lionel Messi he's the big the, yeah. the popular soccer player right yeah that one of the most famous people in the world that guy yeah yeah uh, he is on I thought he was on Manchester <laughs> City or Manchester United United oh yeah. no um, he's not and I saw that they were down one nothing. so I live bet for them to win outright and I'm I put alerts on my phone and I saw that he scored so I'm like, oh man, it's tied. I'm all excited. <laughs> so he took that 180. But then I look, and he was actually on the other team. That was <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> already down. So I think I bet on the wrong team completely, and that was so that wasn't good. So but. he's he's on uh, what Paris Saint Germain, right? PSG. PSG. Yeah. Oh, yep. That's ah. yeah. So uh, were they playing Man U today? Uh, it was either Man U or Man City. I don't know. Yeah, we was let's Man not pretend. Something. Let's not pretend we know what's going on. I said Jermaine, and I'm not even sure if that's the way you say it. <laughs> I, I'm not PSG. Sure. All all new to me. Um, but I'm Sam Waldert with me today. We got Ryan Waldert and Micah Smith working behind the scenes. Yo. Uh, John will be back next week. Kyle, he is missing officially. Like I, we put a. Missing persons out, and we can't yeah. find him anywhere. Keep so. your eyes peeled. So keep your yeah. Exactly. Milk cartons, <laughs> beer bottles. Yeah, exactly. It's on beer cans. Uh, 
the Haze and Blue and the Sparty Party came. There you go. The he Sparty Party also, specifically. <laughs> he can also be found on the Founders Breakfast Stout. Exactly. Oh, yeah? Is that, is that what I'm drinking? No, I'm not. No. <laughs> you I know I'm drinking you know. Founders. The, so. the little kid eating cereal on the oh, label. Oh, that's... Sorry, that was, that was a that stupid was good. joke. <laughs> I guess you have to know labels to, to know... You know what? That would have been a perfect know. time to have like a pop-up, like he said it, and then it just like just covered the screen. Like, yeah, that's, that's a good... We picture. could do that with like YouTube videos after the fact. Oh, my gosh. That would be so cool. <laughs> Sounds like a lot of work. What a great idea. Yeah, it does. <laughs> um, r- Real quick, though, I mean, the, the Red Wings... They start preseason, I think, tomorrow. Is that right? Their first their first preseason game is is Wednesday against Chicago. Let's go. Um, I don't want to get into like the full preview. No, but I thought it was worth getting into a, a little bit here. Um, the the biggest news out of out of camp was Vrana. So Jacob Vrana, he had some issues with his um, travel visa and stuff like that. So he like joined the team late. Very first little drill he did. Uh, hurt his shoulder, and he's he's actually going to see a specialist. And for the people that aren't aware who Vrana is, it's who he got in the Mantha trade last year. Um, from Washington, we got a new deal with him. Uh, he's, he, sh- he should be a big piece to this team this year. And the fact that he's going to see a specialist before first preseason game for a shoulder—that's that going to be a, that could be a lingering injury all all season long. And and it really sucks because I think you wanted to see what he could do with with this you know young core. D- did they give any indication of what was going on with the shoulder? They I mean, never specialist do. would be something more internal, right? Like a, I would assume so. Yeah, yeah. Pro- probably more than a separation is my guess. Yeah, um, probably labrum damage and that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I didn't see the see the injury, so it's hard to tell. Um, but what they're saying, I mean, the fact that they told us it's a shoulder—that's more than hockey usually gives uh, people. Um, but <laughs> I don't know. It, it sucks, and I, I think it really what it does is it opens the door for either a young player. Or for the people that, that missed it, Bobby Ryan got signed as a on a PTO, which is a professional tryout, tryout yep. um, basically to come to camp and, and compete for a spot. Uh, I feel like that opens the door for someone like him. Uh, we'll, we'll see. I mean, but there's also guys like Valeno who who got some time last year, and then everybody's everybody's excited to see what Lucas Raymond can do and if he can make this team out of camp. Uh, we'll see. I think I think it's a long shot, but there there's. Uh, more veteran names that I think they're going to give the first first nod to before they let these young guys just come right over from overseas and, and play. Valeno is a guy to keep an eye on, though, because he can play wing or center. Um, so it, it'll be really Valeno, interesting. Valeno, uh, how, how old is he roughly, and, and where, did he, where did he come from? He was in the same draft as Zadina, I believe. Um, yep. So he's, what was that, three years ago? Three or four years ago? Yeah. Um, he was our second first-round pick that we got from the Vegas Golden Knights in the Tatar deal. Um, so, I mean, he, he was, he was, when he was drafted, he was projected to be a top 12 guy and he dropped hard. And I think we got him at 24, 28, somewhere in there. Yeah. Yep. Um, I can't remember the exact number, but, um, yeah, Zadina fell as well, but I mean, it'll be, it'll be interesting. And I think the preseason is going to be a lot more intriguing for, for, you know, hockey fans and, and true Red Wing fans, because you're going to see these young guys and, and see if they're, they're ready. You know what I mean? And you don't really see that in other leagues um, because preseason is just a bunch of scrubs that aren't going to make the team no matter what. I mean, you get one or two guys that can jump in, but the, a roster like the Red Wings, I don't want to go through the whole roster, but you have a mix between veteran players that are trying to stay in the league and young guys that are trying to make make the make the team, make make the league here, and they can choose whatever way they want. And these guys are they're truly competing because when the Red Wings don't have have as much cap space as they have, they can 
eat salary of these veterans. You know what I mean? So right. uh, keep an eye out. It, it'll be really interesting. Obviously, Cider is a big name that everybody's excited to see as well um, in preseason. But I don't know. It starts Wednesday, and, and it'll it'll be here before we know it. So Lucas Raymond, Cider, they're both here, right? Cider is – I believe Cider is 100% going to be a Red Wing. Yeah. Uh, Lucas Raymond is – I didn't hear a lot about him at camp. Uh, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Um, they say he's got a shot. And, but he's got to learn how to play the U.S. in, in the U.S. So I think he's going to start in GR so he can kind of get a feel of, of the ice nice. before they throw him to the Wolves. That, it's get, that's, it's me, getting exciting, yeah. That's my pr- prediction. Uh, could be completely wrong. It is time to introduce our Michigan beers for this episode. But before we do, I want to remind everyone of our partner, Sicily Annals Market. They are simply the best beer store in West Michigan, located on Lake Michigan Drive, right between Grand Valley State University's main campus and downtown Grand Rapids. Wherever you live in West Michigan, it is worth the short drive for what they have to offer. Whether they know what you want or need some help from their expert staff, Sicily Annals Market is the best place for that. They not only have a massive and up-to-date inventory of the best craft beers from across our great nation, they are individually priced so you can mix and match to build your own six-pack. They obviously have a great selection of craft beer. They also have specialty wines, spirits, ciders, coffee, tea, tobacco, and cigars. Siciliano's Market also has the largest selection of homebrew and winemaking supplies in West Michigan. We love that Siciliano's Market is part of the State of My Sports family, and it is who we visit to help us choose our Michigan beers for each and every episode. So please check them out and let them know that we sent you. Please let us know what you guys are drinking. Uh, usually they tr- trickle in a little later, but um, we'll try to read them and then give us a grade. If you can't stay till the end, give us a grade whenever you want, and we'll, we'll try to remember it. I forgot one last week, but um, that, that's on me. I, Let's give it a grade right now. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember what it was. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Threw you under the bus. Um, I'm drinking today from Founders uh, Brewing Company, obviously Grand Rapids staple, but I think there's a brewery in Detroit as well. I think there's a few of them now around, but, I mean, they're, they're pretty much everywhere. It's nationwide uh, brewing company here um, but I'm drinking it's their bottle shop series highball drifter so what this is it's a barrel aged sipper inspired by their favorite bourbon based cocktails the second ever the second entry in our bottle bottle shop series highball drifter presents aromas of caramel and vanilla dried fruit and spice while hints of cherry and bitter orange peel whisk you away like a tumbling tumbleweed. Call us old-fashioned, but we think you're going to love it. Are I'm you so being whisked that, away? That was one of the, I think, <laughs> my best reads of all time. <laughs> For reading the bottle like that, <laughs> that's not bad. That's it must not, have been like, I couldn't decide if it was like large print or small print because you were struggling <laughs> like small print, but you kept turning the bottle to read every word, so I'm thinking it was really large print. I don't know. Mike, what do you think? <laughs> Yeah, I it, agree with It's it. all bold, so it's it's hard for me to read that, even though I Got write it. in all bold. <laughs> um, we do have a couple comments coming in. Sweet. Thanks, Jarrett, for jumping in. He's drinking Yingling um, down in Florida. Um, not bad. Carrie is drinking Shorts Mule Beer. So I actually had that one time. I was not a fan. Carrie, please let us know what you think about that one. Michael, what Too you much drinking? like Moscow Mule-y or what? It, wh- what did I say? when we? Were, I drank that when we were over there um, last, yeah, you last did. year, and it was – I forget what it was. It was just – Tasted just like. I think you wanted them to anything. stay in their lane, like go go to beer or or not beer. Yeah, like let the mule be itself. I, I think I had a taste of it. It almost was kind of sugary. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and syrup. Like maybe. Mm, yeah. Did yeah. I have one too? I think we both ordered one. Yeah, yeah. we both. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't uh, our what favorite. We expected. But yeah, it wasn't what we expected. That, that's probably a good word for it. Uh, so tonight I'm drinking from uh, Brewery Vivant. Their pumpkin tart, tart pumpkin ale. And 
let's see here, made with real pumpkin and spices and then blended with a sour ale. This is not your typical pumpkin ale. It's good so far. So we got a got a ways to go. I can get a couple of these down. And you wouldn't necessarily get all these other pumpkin beers down, you know. Some of them are too pumpkin-y. Pumpkin-y. How do you feel full pumpkin in that beer? I don't know. So what? what's the percentage of that one? This one... Boy, it doesn't say anywhere. No, it doesn't. Oh, I didn't say mine. Mine's mine's 11%. 11%. 11%. That's why it's a sipper. Oh, man. You got one of those. That's why I have something to sip (laughs) on on the side, Tisa, because I can't. 7.1. Sorry. There it is. Yeah, that's a a good fall beer right there. 7.1, pumpkin. Not bad. I am drinking Fruid Noops. What is it? New England style IVA. It's Fruid Noops. Fruid Noops. Yeah. Hmm. Duh. Yeah. It's from Black Rocks Brewing uh, in Marquette, Michigan. Um, I, I love it. This is just a, a, a hazy IPA. And it's got this little thing on the side where it's like, it says hazy. So hot right now. So I, I'm kind of into it just because they did that. I've got nothing else for you, but uh, the, the label's cool. That was a good read. The beer's really good and crushing it so far. Before we move um, on, I did forget to mention that it is uh, mm. National Beer or Drink Beer Day. So um, you guys know how I love doing the national days. And they say, how to observe hashtag drink beer day. Mikey, you want to read that for me? Ooh. Uh, sure, <laughs> I, already, I already nailed my read, so I don't well, want to <laughs> like change anything up, you know? Okay, well, the best way to observe it, enjoy by drinking a glass of beer. That's it. No, I'm just kidding. As always, celebrations <laughs> are better when surrounded by others who celebrate with you. So invite friends, family, coworkers to join them at a local pub or a tavern or invite them over to your home. Another way to celebrate includes recognizing your servers, your bartenders, and your brewers. Celebrate them with a toast as you take your first frothy sip. And no matter how, what? No matter how you celebrate <laughs> every day, Drink responsibly and use <laughs> Drink Beer Day when posting on social media. I don't know why I struggled with that first sense. Well, I do because it was weird. <laughs> it was like everything was in hashtags. Like I wouldn't know how to read that either. <laughs> like what is this? Why are Hashtag. those three words connected? I also did forget to mention that I, I got this beer from my friend Justin's brother-in-law, his new brother-in-law, nice. Craig. So shout out to Craig. Thank you for this one. So. <laughs> If it's craft beer in Michigan sports, we may not be the authority, but we love both like a fat kid loves cake. Hot, hot! This is State of My Sports. Before we get into the main topic of episode 124, I want to remind everyone that the Hops Brewing Company and Cafe is open and pouring some of the best craft beer in West Michigan. Their revamped food menu, rotating taps, wine and ciders make the hops perfect for whatever we have going on. From dinner with the family, late night drinks with friends, and everything in between, the Hops is becoming a staple in the West Michigan restaurant community that we highly recommend to our friends and listeners. The Hops is the official brewery by State of My Sports in 2021, and if you mention State of My Sports, you'll get a nice little discount off your first beer. Uh, we will be there on the 12th. What is that, two weeks from today? Yeah. We will, we will be recording there, so... Uh, just keep an eye out for that. At the hops? And I didn't even tell you guys that yet, so that's news to you. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll be let at the hops in two weeks. Let me check my schedule. Boom. Shakalaka. <laughs> well, you have Tuesdays booked forever, so. <laughs> yeah, we should do Mondays. You want to do Mondays? 
I'm thinking so. We get content out before you know the, we're into the week too far, and then we can we can talk about what happened on Saturday and Sunday. That's true, but Mike has class on Mondays. Oh, Micah. You always blow it, Micah. This is well, always your fault. All right. I wasn't going to make a thing of it, but now we're here, right? So, yeah. Micah, come on. What are you doing? Hey, yeah, you know what? Your, change class. Can you just tell them to postpone every class a day? So, I had to go to class in person this last week, and I was dreading it. I just don't want to go in person. And walked into class, did class, did the homework in class, and was out in 55 minutes. Boom. That's Boom. Excellent. See? But you're usually, you're usually doing it on, online? Online, like, so three out of the four weeks. You're doing during the so podcast. You, you could do it during the podcast. I technically could. Well, then let's do it. <laughs> then let's do it. We can watch Monday Night Football. <laughs> Here we go. And have a great time. <laughs> let's go. Recording let's the podcast. go. All right, we're, we're doing it. We're All changing right. it. Um, Look real, at that. We're going to talk some Detroit Lions. Uh, Detroit Lions lost to the Baltimore Ravens 19-17 as Justin Tucker kicked a record-breaking 66-yard field goal that hit the crossbar. And bounced through for the victory. That sounds like a Lions loss. <laughs> yep. After getting shut out in the first half, uh, the Lions outscored the Ravens 17-3 to in the second half before they kicked that field goal to me for the second half to be 17-6 to total. Um, Goff went 22 of 30 for 217 yards. That no sounds touchdowns, like Jared Goff. No interceptions <laughs> and was sacked twice. DeAndre Swift had 47 yards on the ground and 60 through the air. With seven receptions, Williams had 42 on the ground, and Cleef Raymond had 68 on six catches uh, through the air. Defensively, they executed a well-structured game plan, I thought, that held the Ravens to 15 first downs, one of 10 on third down, only 116 rushing yards, and 271 passing yards. Uh, Warrior had an interception, which was the only turnover of the game. I think we got to start. I don't want to dive into the ending yet because I think that's going to take a lot of time, so we might as well zip through some other stuff here. I want to start with Goff. For me, like I'm so sick of the numbers now. It's not even about the numbers. It's about what you're seeing on the field. And I think you could look at every single one of these plays and he's missing somebody wide open. It's constant. And it's not these wide receivers, I don't think. It, I'm starting to really get frustrated with Goff because it's one option, check down. One option, check down. Sometimes his check downs is one option because he's too afraid to look at anything else. And he has decent time. What in the world are we looking at with this guy, Ryan? I, I think you're looking at exactly what McVay was was worried about the whole time. The, the reason he wanted him gone, and it's because there's no creative ability in Jared Goff. He is so just by the book. He is the epitome of do not lose the game for the team instead of go make a play and win the win. game for the team. He doesn't do that. And that what do we see from Stafford year after year? And I'm not going to – I really don't even want to make this a show about Stafford, but what we used to have is somebody who would would make those fourth quarter plays when you needed them most. Mm-hmm. And you can say all you want about second and third quarter, but in the fourth quarter when the game was needed, he was forcing these insane passes down the field. And, and Goff does not have that ability, but he also doesn't even consider those throws yeah. any at any point during the game, beginning, middle, or end. So you really have to scheme up something very specific for Jared Goff to have any success down the field or else it's going to be check down, check down, check down, um, or five yard out. And if the and if the corner bites on it, then you know you hope that he throws it into the ground. And then the coaches, what are they going to do? They're going to be like, "Hey, good job, Jared. Way not way to not throw an interception." Like that's where we're at with Jared Goff. Yeah. And that, and I also don't want to pretend that we thought he was anything else. I had hoped that he was a little bit more. I think it, I mean all of my my fears and what do I kind of expected are are, are being 
I was correct. You yeah. know what I mean? Yep. But I had that little bit of hope because it's like, how can this bad of a quarterback win multiple playoff games? How can this bad of a quarterback go to a Super Bowl? That is still just absolutely blows my mind. And that's where I was just like, he has to be somewhat good. Like, there's there's a reason why people said he was better than Stafford at times. You know what I mean? Like, his first three years, it was, oh, he's probably top seven. Stafford's 15. You know what I mean? Like, and again, we don't want to make a Stafford golf thing, but unfortunately, that's where we're at. You, you kind yeah, of have there. to compare there, it. Yeah. Um, but it's just like, it's, I'm so sick of it. I had hope that he could be the future quarterback that he could but I'm I'm not seeing it. Yeah. I'm not seeing it. Like I have zero to one hope that he's you know, gonna be legit. Well, and you know, I think the or anything. The, the best way to sum it up is that I'm a I am one hundred percent sure that he is not going to lead us to a Super Bowl. That that's that's where I'm at in this. So if our end game is to be a contending team for a Super Bowl, he's not the quarterback. Yeah. If you're trying to make a playoff appearance every, you know, third or fourth year or something. And I know that's like maybe the expectations where the Lions should be at, but that's not the end goal. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to build a, a program and rebuild like we are right now, the goal is to get in the future something that is sustainable year after year where you're contending for a Super Bowl, not just like expecting to hope to win seven or eight games and squeak into the playoffs. And I think Jared Goff would be that maybe that's his upside. You know, when he went on his runs, he had an elite team around him with with Todd Gurley at his prime yeah. when when he took the NFL by storm and he was not asked to do very much in that offense. So, and he, it, I don't even think gonna, he did what he was asked either. Well, he, he really, <laughs> you know I mean? he really, yeah. You could argue that he really didn't, Ugh. and and his checkdowns were you know the reason why he had any success at all. But if you're not going to be able to move around the pocket, like Stafford's not the best mover. You know, he doesn't move very fast. He's yeah. not he's not quick or anything. But he feels the game. He can move around to, to keep himself give by some extra time here and there. And then he slings it. Yeah. Like if he needs to and somebody's about to sack him, you know he's got the courage to stand in the pocket or roll out and take a big hit. At the same time he's looking down the field and he's gonna make a throw somewhere, take some risk. Uh, Jared Goff does not have the ability to get away, and he's never looking down the field. So yeah. I don't know what it really gets you. There Again, there's no creative ability. There's no extra playmaking ability to win you games. Were, what, sorry, go ahead. I had a question. Were the two sacks somewhat avoidable by Goff, or was – like, how, how did they happen? I'm trying to picture so them. So I, I actually watched a video where it broke down both of the sacks, and – they were they were pretty well disguised by the defense. What they okay. were doing is bringing a lot of their linebackers up into the the three or four man front, and then they just didn't know the the linemen had to commit one way or another, and they ended up doubling one guy and letting one other person run free. So it wasn't all on Jared Goff, but that's also for a quarterback to in the center to I, I guess work in tandem to understand and shift the the coverage where it's needed. Um, but the but the point is he couldn't make the one guy miss. Mm-hmm. Got it. Uh, I I just I know that the wide receivers aren't. I mean this might be one of the worst wide receiving cores in the, in the history of of, of football. And, and it, I don't want to get. I don't want to blame them. But you look at the targets. Khalif Raymond had ten targets. Darren Fells three. Hawkinson two. Hodge Cephas and Saint Brown all one target. Like that just tells me he they had a game plan and he stuck to it and was like, if this is what you're going to tell me to do, I'm going to do it. And if it doesn't work, it's your fault. 
Like, do you think that he might have that type of attitude? He's just like, all right, that's what I'm doing, and I'm just gonna keep on doing it. I don't even care. It, I don't it, like. It, it could be possible. Nuts. It could be possible, but I don't think a competitor like an NFL quarterback thinks like that. I didn't think so either, but I'm starting to. (laughs) I mean, in his situation, he's, one, he doesn't want to lose the game, and he wants to prove all the haters wrong more than almost anyone. He's doing a pee-poor job. (laughs) I got in trouble with the same piss this weekend. Andrea corrected me. Really? I was telling a really good story, and I thought piss was like the perfect thing to say, and she said, don't say piss. I was like, well, if I say pee, is that... Pee-poor? Pee-poor. I was going to say something. I was going to correct you I shouldn't as well. say that. Hey, don't say P. Yeah, yeah I know. Weird. Don't say Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, I think, I think Khalif Raymond was a, a kind of a bright spot. I'm going to choose to look at it that way. Yeah. I think Khalif Raymond, we saw good things in training camp, and the, the reports were that you know he was he was the shifty guy that was a surprise and, and a little bit unguardable. He was supposed to be our return man. Like I'm excited about his athletic ability in this wide receiver corpse, but you're – you're right. I don't think he shouldn't be targeted ten times. Well, that well, and the disparity is just—it just shows yeah. again the lack of creativity for Jared Goff. He is so one-dimensional. He's going to go to his safety net at some point. Hawkinson was obviously taken out of this game. They—they yeah. they made a focus of that. Um, so what was left? It was Swift to dump down to, and it was yeah, and Khalif Raymond. Khalif Raymond, like you said, was a, a bright spot. Swift again. I—he is becoming. A, core, a running back that we drafted in for for a reason. You know what I mean? Like he is. Look, he's not a superstar. I'm not going to say he's a superstar. You've got to have pieces around him for him to turn into a superstar. Um, but what he's doing is exactly what we've been hoping. Again, so 47 yards on 14 carries, uh, 3.4 average. It's not great numbers or anything. But then when you have the seven catches and 60 yards, that's when you see the dual threat that he could turn into. You know what I mean? Um, he could be the Alvin Kamara for the Detroit Lions. And I know that I'm not saying he's going to be anywhere near Alvin Kamara. I'm not saying that at all. But look at the way the Saints use him, and look where Dan Campbell came from, the Saints. They're going to use him as a Alvin Kamara is the best that they can. He was kind of drafted for that mold too. Real quick, what are you thinking about? Like, Is he becoming what you want him to be? Dan, Dan Campbell. Question. I know he is. Well, yeah, Dan Campbell <laughs> said – that they're going to use their best athletes, their best weapons, and try to put them in mismatches at all times, anytime they can. So they're going to exploit the weakness, uh, the advantage that they have on offense, and that's what you saw uh, in the second half when the, the Lions started making their little comeback there. That was because they identified DeAndre Swift. They called it the hot hand, but really what it was is, was a mismatch. It was an advantage that the Lions had over the Ravens. They found their mismatch. They, they get, found ways to get the ball in the best players hands and DeAndre Swift is that for the Lions he's the most dynamic player with the ball in his hands that the Lions have right now and I he was the same player last year he's been the same player the the difference is the number of touches that he gets when he has the ball in his hands he's dynamic man he makes people miss he has that cut ability to make people miss and hit a hole really fast and then he also has the ability to run people over at the end he's dangerous so I think he's got the ability to be another Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook type guy. I think it's a new sliver of what you see in NFL nowadays. Like, you know, 10 years ago, five years ago, running backs just ran the ball. They just pounded the ball, pound the ball. Mm-hmm. Now they're being used as athletes. They're being lined up in the slot, sometimes 
wide out on the outside. However, they're being used to their best of their ability. They're being paid a lot of money, just like everyone else. Use them more. Mm -hmm. Do you think 21 touches is enough? Or do you want to see that go up a little bit more, 25, 30? Like, what, is no, there th- is there I too think, many? You think that's a good number? I, I think 21 is enough. I mean, if he got more because the game demanded it, then go and, ahead. And when you have a guy like Jamal Williams that can take those touches, like that, you, it's not that big of a loss. It's yeah. a good uh, mix, mismatch. I, I love the way Jamal match, Williams played too, yeah. I think they have a really good thing going at running back. Um, this offense feels one-dimensional right now. And I guess the silver lining the whole thing is the offensive line is still blocking. They're mm-hmm. still creating those holes. And our our backs are still exploiting the whole. I mean, they're 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 playing well right now. Yeah, uh, defense. I, I was impressed with the game plan and the way they executed it. Anytime you hold the Ravens to what what they did, um, I already went over the numbers, but I think it was how, how many rushing yards? 116 rushing yards. 271 is is a decent. But like what this team does, running the ball like, and holding them to that little. That tells you why this was a close game. Ravens are the number one running rushing offense in football, and they have been for a number of years. And that was very impressive for the Lions to do what they did to them. And and I think this is our first sneak peek at the difference of this coaching staff. I think, you know, let's not pretend that we don't like all these coaches. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to the offseason when we kept getting these big-name coaches and former NFL guys one after another. They didn't come here to win right away. They were not here to go – compete for a Super Bowl. They were yeah. here because they wanted they they wanted to coach with Dan Campbell and they they felt like this was a good group of guys to build around. So they made an adjustment. I think they made they they were prepared. They were prepared. very prepared. Very, yeah. Uh I I am curious if it just happens to Lions defense and personnel has a good way of fitting against the Ravens and if it's really long term we'll see. I want to see them against, you know, other other type of offenses, you know what I mean, to really think that something's changed on this on this defense. But very nice to see. And I do want to get into the yes. BS, if you will. Yeah. All right. So I was trying to find video and and all this good stuff. But it's such a good. I mean, a good. It's not good at all. But it's such a lion's way to lose. It's such a lion's way to lose. So I'm like texting Jarrett and and Trav and stuff like that and. When the Lions kick the field goal, I'm like, so is it going to be a chip shot or is it going to be a record-breaking 65-yard field goal? That's literally what I texted. Really? Him. Yeah. <laughs> so here we go. The, the, everything happens. Where, so I don't, I don't know. Do we just want to go right to the field goal? Let's do it. And then we can talk about some of the questions leading up to that, if we will. No, let's or do the, it chronologically. The, yeah, let's okay. do it. Like, so l- start with when the Lions had the ball inside the 15 or even inside the 10, and they were ran the ball. Um, a lot of people are, are mad the way – Dan Campbell called it. They thought, hey, he's been all bark, basically, of what we're going to do. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're not going to give up. We're not going to play it out of fear. And then the way he called that, people are saying that he called, he played that in a fearful way. Now, I personally disagree because they were doing what was working. They didn't change from what, what was working. And they were, what, two yards away from getting that first down. That was their goal. It wasn't getting in the end zone that everybody's making a big deal about. They were two yards away from getting that first down. That would have ended the game just as much as getting in the end zone yeah. and making it harder. So I get what they were doing. Now, in hindsight, yeah, <laughs> time didn't matter at that point. We should have not worried about their timeouts and play that game and throw it. I, 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 that's what people are saying. And in hindsight, they can say that and have that argument in the moment. 
I think they handled it in a, a actual a, a pretty good way because they needed they he what he one thing he said is they were gonna pound it right offense line trust them that's what they tried to do it's not like they went got cute and were doing end arounds and giving the ball to you know wide receivers and and all that kind of stuff they were doing what they trust their their offense should be and they were two yards away from ice in that game kicking a game winning field goal. That way, you know what I mean. Instead of kicking it when they did, and and they and they made the comeback. I mean, they took the lead. It wasn't this wasn't the field goal was not a tie game where where they win and won the game with a field goal. They won the game with a record breaking field goal, and they would have lost if he didn't make it. Yeah, like there, there's more consequence there. Yeah, and I think I agree with you. I think it was the right coaching decision. They, he left the Ravens with zero timeouts. It w- any coach would have been doing the same thing unless they really trusted their quarterback. And we just yeah. got done with the whole segment of why we don't trust Jared Goff in these situations or in, just in general. One thing I think we got to keep in mind is there are defenses that would have let teams score there. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, maybe not at that scenario, but there that crosses some defenses' mind and be like, okay, do we let them score so we get more time and all we need is a touchdown? Or do we let them try to get it so we have less time and yeah. then we might need a touchdown or we might need a field goal? You know what I mean? So I didn't mind it. I mean, I get their arguments that it wasn't what they preached and they it could look like they were coaching out of fear. I, I, but think, if, I think if you're saying hindsight's twenty twenty and people can make that argument, then shame on them for not understanding that this dude just hit a 66-yard yeah. field goal that bounced straight up and over the crossbar to win the game. Yeah. Like, let's keep this in perspective. Everything worked out, and, and they had to convert a fourth and 19. Yeah, Like, exactly. from a coaching perspective, they did their job. So that's another uh, thing that Detroit sports are talking about is, so you had the two sacks, I think it was, so it was fourth and 18, fourth and 19, and lines called timeout. And that's a way to, for them to regroup their defense and make sure everybody was on the right page. They weren't. They failed at that. Um, what did you think about the timeout? Out, trying not to use hindsight. You know what I mean? Like in the moment where you're like, ah, shouldn't have called timeout. This no, is gonna be no, no, no. It was you either look like a genius or an idiot based on the results. And I think the only thing I would question is why are you rushing three? But it's fourth and nineteen. I, I would probably, and it's not just nineteen yards. They needed the thirty-five plus yards yeah. to really get you yourself in field goal position too. Yeah. So I as well would drop you know a million people it in makes coverage. sense yeah right? it does make sense especially with the way it. the the, the, the linemen were getting to the quarterback yeah so i don't know i mean i i it felt like more of a failed execution not a failed decision by the coaching staff in yeah. my opinion if you just drop if you rush four and drop two safeties back and then the safeties stuck between the middle of the field and the sideline and the play is made can you imagine the second guessing that would be going on there? Like, yeah. why are you putting so many people on the you know fourth and nineteen? There's no way yep. they would convert that unless you put four people on the yeah. line. Play, like, play passive. Y- what exactly, are you doing? Yeah. Play pre- prevent. You just prevented it. Um, and now the the last couple things. So they got the first down. I don't remember if there was another play in there. So they spiked the ball, right? They spiked the ball. And then the very next play was the one and a half second delay of game. Yeah. What happened? Blew my mind. I had enough time, so I was watching in, in my, my garage, and I got up and yelled and ran outside. Like, you know how I watch football. <laughs> like, I, I move around a lot. I was up, I'm yelling at the TV, and I was walking back the other way like, what is going on? And I made it almost outside my garage by the time that ball was snapped. And blows my mind that this is still a problem in the NFL. Um, I, how is it not challengeable? 
I, I don't know. How does this type of mistake happen? How do, in this technology, this world of technology, does something like this happen? The clock was at zero for at least a second and a half, and it was completely missed by the by the refs. That's it, it was the, it was a full second guaranteed. At least, yeah. It probably was more. I, I yeah, I agree. So a lot of things that are being said is the refs look at the zero, look at the ball, and then stop it. That is the most bullcrap excuse I have ever heard. And then a lot of people are arguing that, well, actually, once it's at zero, it's a tenth of a second, so it should be .9 seconds and go down from there. I'm like, no, that's not the way it works. If it doesn't have a .0, then that doesn't count. It's called a zero. It's called a zero. It's like a shot clock. Do they, (laughs) when there's a shot clock and there's a review of a shot clock, it's not, it's in his hand. Well, it's actually out of his hand after it hit zero, but it was that get grace period. No, there's no grace period in zero. I'm sorry. And it's a bullcrap excuse that some people are looking for. And another thing that's really pissing me off is even even Lions fans are saying, well, if you would have stopped him on fourth and 18, it wouldn't have happened. Well, if you scored a touchdown, it wouldn't happen. All right, erase everything that happened before. Erase everything that happened after. Did they get the call right? No, No, they did not. Did it change the outcome of that game? Yes. That's a problem. No questions. I don't care what happened before. I don't care what happened after. The refs freaking screwed up again, and it happens to the Lions. Time in and time out. Also, we're talking about a league that has a zero margin of error. Like, you cannot... People people grade Hall of Fame versus non-Hall of Fame quarterbacks yeah. on the smallest margin of error over a course of a career. One game is so difficult to win in the NFL because they're so closely matched. Yeah. And you, and then and then you're going to try to make an argument saying that well, no, they should have won early in the game in the first quarter when they missed that one. No, no, yeah. no don't give me that. If you want to get go back to every if you can go back one play, you go back to the the coin flip. Okay, who won the coin flip? Well, if the other team won the coin flip, well, so the game completely changed. Just yeah. right there, who gets the ball first, who gets the ball at half. I don't that understand changes with that the coin argument flip, at so all. Then it goes, you just like butterfly affected my I don't know. I, I can't well, everything. I can't do effect, that. Everything yeah. changes everything. And that's why it's just like it let's talk about each and every play because that's what's separate. And one thing that I that I was even thinking about. So the margin nope. of victory is so small and these coaches lose jobs because of wins and losses. I'm not saying that this is going to cost Dan Campbell his job. But what if this is a coach that is on the hot seat? And let, let's go back to um, who was our coach before Patricia. Um, oh, my gosh. Yeah. I uh, can't think of his name. Doesn't matter. He got fired at 9-7 and seven because he missed the playoffs. He missed the playoffs because of a tiebreaker. Two years in a row, 9-7. and seven. Yeah. If that type of call changes a game. and, that, and Jim Caldwell. Jim Caldwell, thank you. Um, go back to the, his, the year he got fired. Uh, Tucker actually kicked Jim a 62-yard field goal. 61, or 61, right? yeah, Tucker did. To yeah. That was the difference in him making the playoffs and him getting fired. Yep. And this type of stuff is – and don't get me started on sports gambling. I didn't have money on the game. But blind, people that had money line for the Lions got completely screwed out of money. And it's it, it's just – if you're going to be the it's, league that you say you are and so powerful and so popular with everything going on, you can't have this type of stuff. Well, why? Why? What is the point? Why can you not in the NBA after the play is done, a game winner, um, you know, a, a shot a, a, on a three pointer or something? You can always go back and just look at the tape, watch the the red circle around the shot clock, yep. and then watch to see if the ball is still in his hands. Same thing. Did he hike the ball yet? Is 
it reading 0. 0.0 if you want to go to that 0. 0.0? Yeah. Or is it just reading zeros? Yeah. Is it yes or no? <laughs> exactly. Because we can actually tell. We can tell you that you missed this call by not just like the slimmest of margins. No, this a was full second. a full second that you missed this. And the whole... Uh, you know, like manual error type of excuse. Well, you have to look here and then look here. Don't no. give me that. We're all freaking human. We <laughs> can, we as fans, if we're yelling about this and making such a big deal about it, then those refs better be able to tell yeah. the the difference in one second. Exactly. Right. And then not to, not to mention, what was I going to say? I don't even remember what I was going to say. Well, I I, say I, I have something else to say. So also, if you're going to make the argument again that th- that they should have won this game early on, just stop. They were winning the game 17 to 16. At that moment, if that call was made, they would have required a 71 yard field yeah, goal or they would that have, they clearly would have missed because it yeah. didn't kick it that far. Or they would have had to do a, a, a goal for uh, Hail, Mary, Hail Mary. And could they have won? Sure, they could have won. But I would have rather lost that way playing by the rules of the game yep. as defined by the NFL rather than them missing a call like they always do against the Lions. Yeah, and going back to your look down at the ball, look at the zero, look back down at the ball. How many times do they snap the ball and then stop the play in a football game? They do that seven times a game probably. All the time. After the ball's already snapped, they stop it, whether it was a timeout or a false start or offsides. Or I think the, they I think do the, it constantly. I think Con- the point is the, the point of the whole thing is – this is such a Lions way of losing because the NFL will be issuing an apology to the Lions saying, oops, we missed that call. Please forgive us. Yeah. And as Lions fans, we say, again? Yeah. <laughs> again? Like, how many times are you going to do this? Or is there going to be a rule change at the end of the year to say that now we have to look at the the, the red stripe around this and compare yeah. it to when or they have snap, a buzzer snap the ball? that goes off in their pocket? Or like, something. there's probably going to be some. NFL wide rule change based on another Lions loss. Like how many we'll, times can we'll we do lose that? Because of that new rule too. You don't even <laughs> need a stadium tour anywhere to not buy that bull crap. You know when you are standing on the field, the play clock is just above basically the linemen's heads. Yeah. It's not up in the third, fourth, fifth bowl. Yeah, it's it's, no, it's oh, not it's not head movement. It's literally just eyes moving, yeah. and that's it. That's, that's the point it is, of where he lines up and the ref that's responsible for the call. He's in the backfield. He can see the whole play and watch the clock at the same the, time, just like as viewers we can see the, the clock winding down while we're watching as we're watching the game. We're yeah. not dumb, and he's not dumb. He missed the call, and it's a conspiracy right. to and hurt the lines. You <laughs> know, something, something else I've been noticing this last weekend in NFL football is where are the sideline cameras? Because all, all, all of a sudden, you haven't noticed? No, I haven't. Because all of a sudden, we're doing replays of uh, catches, no catches, interceptions, PIs, whatever it may be. And we're doing it from the camera either behind the play or in front of the play. <laughs> and you need the cameras on the sides. And I can't even tell you how many freaking plays we watched or replays we watched from behind the ball. Yeah, I like, honestly what, haven't even noticed that. What are we doing? Like, how do you not have sideline cameras at the sticks, at both sticks? How is that not even happening that right now? Uh, yeah. Okay, I, I want to bring up after, you know, they, they did not make the delay of game call. Where did Lamar Jackson throw that ball? Uh, Way out of bounds. Way out of bounds. Was it even close to a receiver? I don't recall. It was in the direction of a receiver, but it was so obvious – you thought it should have been intentional? Obviously, reality? throwing out of bounds. I think 
by the rule, maybe I shouldn't even bring it up if I don't have the rule definition with me, but that to me was like, and also that should have been uh, an, an intentional grounding because you cannot just like, and the right guard moved badly <laughs> as well. That's another part when oh you, re- it's actually, it's seriously insane how screwed the Lions just got. And it, it was a dumb call to even throw your offense back out there to try for one more play. Like they were, I don't know. Yeah. It was a really strange, like why didn't they just. I don't know if they were going to kick it. Like, well, because they didn't have well, a timeout. Okay, they they wanted more but the time. The clock was already stopped. Though. Well, they wanted more time for the the kicker to get on the field, so they were just buying time gotcha. one extra play. So uh, it was probably the right call on their end. But um, yeah, that that should never have been an opportunity for a sixty six yard field goal. With all that said, Justin Tucker, I want to tip mean, my cap to you. Yeah. Sixty six yards, NFL record to win a game in that kind of a scenario situation. I mean, unbelievable. That, when you're already the best kicker of of all time, uh, percentage wise, and then you go do something like that, it's pretty sweet. Pretty cool for for him. Yeah. Personal accomplishment. He'll never forget it for sure. But Lions fan, we should never have been in that scenario. And then on top of that, you have a kicker again beat us over sixty yards, which <laughs> is unheard of. And it, it's just it's just such a Lions way to lose. And it's not even same old Lions uh, as far as like giving the game away. It's same old Lions in in the way of losing of you know just a fluke loss yeah why do we always get the fluke I, losses? I heard a stat like so i think it was like there's 10 or no nine there nine or ten total uh game winning field goals over 60 yards and lions lost on 25 percent of those games oh my god in gosh. the history of the nfl of course <laughs> it's just just lines man it really is it, it absolutely sucks State of my sports. Michigan State had a nice 23-20 come-from-behind OT win against the now 2-3 Nebraska Cornhuskers. 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 <laughs> Corn down. Behind a game-tying fourth-quarter 62-yard punt return for touchdown from Jaden Reed. Uh, Thorne also had a 35-yard touchdown pass to Reed and ended the game going 14-23 for 183 yards, one touchdown, and one interception. Walker was the leading rusher again, but only got 61 yards on the ground on 19 carries, which included a 23-yarder in overtime to set up the game-winning field goal uh, after the interception in overtime. Uh, The defense allowed 188 rushing yards, 252 through the air, 440 total, but had two key takeaways um, and seven sacks that helped the sputtering offense stay in the game. Uh, Peyton Thorne, I, I think just the offense in general here. I mean, Peyton Thorne, definitely his worst game. Um, yeah. 14 to 23, 183 yards. He had the interception as well. I think that was the first drive. Um, I just thought he, he looked uncomfortable. And it's not what we've seen so far. I think that's going to be the story of this for both both Michigan and Michigan State. But, I mean, other than the first possession, I think he, I mean, he took care of the ball pretty good. Um but man, I mean, what 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 do you think of of Thorn in the in this game, Ryan? Yeah, I agree. It, it seemed uncharacteristic after everything that we've seen against Miami, Northwestern, some good teams. It's not like they've been playing some garbage teams out there. And, and I'm not saying like good as far Talented. as like in Alabama or, yeah. or something like that. But you know, they had personnel that were challenging to go up against one on one. So the coaching made a difference. But in this case, it was it was interesting to see. Um, how how his strength 
coming into the game turned into one of the weaknesses, I guess, for the and, offense. And what do you mean by that? I, I'm exactly what you said, like looking jittery, looking undecisive. Yeah. Like he or indecisive. Indecisive. I think it would be indecisive. Indecisive. Yeah. yeah. So he just, you know, previously when he when he stands in the pocket, sometimes he, he might hold on to the ball too long, but he's looked really comfortable. He's looked like he's never in a hurry. Like he's never forced to make a decision. He looked like he was forced into making some decisions. He looked tentative. Um, everything that you weren't that we haven't seen so far. Do you think that was just uh, the way Nebraska game plan for him? Do you think it was they were throwing looks at him that that he wasn't necessarily ready for? Or I, I think just... so, but but I haven't really. I don't. I don't know. I haven't really uh, dove into that why. Side of it. Yeah, like yeah. why they they were able to play such effective defense uh, compared to you know I don't know earlier yeah. attempts against Michigan State. But I do, I do think that Nebraska up until this point has been underrated. The first game was bad for them. Yeah. Uh, after that, they lose to Illinois. Was it Illinois? Illinois, yeah. Yeah. But since then, like they put, they had a great showing against Oklahoma. Um, so they they they're competitive. They've kind of figured some things out. Uh, their defense is effective against good offenses. So it, I don't know what exactly they're doing, but they're doing something that made a difference. Yeah. Uh, Walker, uh, he had 19 carries for 61 yards, only a 3.2 average, uh, no touchdowns either. Uh, I, I brought up that I think he had a was it a 23 yard run in overtime, um, which was as long of the, of the game. Another another um, consistent consistent player that Michigan State has relied on that um, looked vulnerable, didn't look as nearly as good. Do you think it was more of offensive line type type issue, or what? What did you see on on the running game and why that was a problem. I think I I don't know that. I think again they they game planned really really well. There was really nowhere for him to go. Even in overtime when he had that really awesome run where he almost sealed the deal and had that uh you know he brought them in to within, you know, like the the goal line right yeah, next yep. to it. He had to work for that. Like he was breaking tackles and yeah. and it wasn't just it was a, a clear a path. Run. It wasn't because of the offensive line. So, you know, as you bring up that question, it, it does make me think that it's it's possible the offensive line was exposed a little bit against Nebraska, and that's something that I'm going to go back and take a look at, yeah, and see you know with the season moving forward. Look, a win's a win. They yeah. they got yeah. the W, yep. but you're right. We have their quarterback play and their running back play as their the most consistent part of the reason why they've been winning up until this point, and both of them were underwhelming. Yeah, yep, and and, and there was a. I don't think either of them won that game for them either. It's not like they – obviously, we know how, how it ended um, with the punt return for a touchdown. Um, we'll get into that in, in, here in a minute. But it's just – it was – I was at the game. So when you're at the game, you don't get the feel like you can. Like, obviously, you just have your one view. And I haven't had a chance to rewatch the game yet. But it felt like Nebraska was the much better team. And I think without the turnovers and really the sacks and the timely stops – this game could have gotten out of hand the other way. And I don't want to say Michigan State was lucky because they made the plays. But this was the the worst that they have looked, and it was, I think, the best team they played too. So I'm curious if the what 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 that really how, – how that translates through the rest of the year. Yeah. It, it, and I think we'll get into that with Michigan too here, but like maybe, maybe we were getting a little too high on Michigan State. And these are the type of games that they'll be in now that they're in the nitty-gritty of – the Big Ten schedule. You know what I like about this, though? It, you know, we can say that all we want, but they did win the game. 
Yeah. And the most important thing in college football is to end up with a W in the end. Yep. And they, they found a way to do that. And it was not a pretty game. It was not easy. They didn't look good. When, they everybody a good, has to good win opponent. the game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they've had some pretty games up until this point. Uh, and they had to earn this one, and it was not easy, and they came from behind to do it. Uh, Jaden Reed was was the the spark plug really. He, had, he only had four catches for for fifty nine yards, but he had the the touchdown, uh, which was a twenty five yard or thirty five yarder, I believe, and then the the punt return, and that really changed the game. About four minutes left in the game for the people that didn't, didn't see it, uh, Nebraska punted, and Jaden Reed, one guy touched him and and absolutely took off. Um, one thing that I thought, so being at the game, I was able to see this thing develop better than I would have on TV. Yeah. Um, because every single punt return that we saw before, uh, there was one guy back and then all of a sudden I noticed that there were two guys. I even pointed out to Justin who, who I went to the game with and I was like, there's two guys back. That's different. And he goes, yeah, we haven't seen that yet. Next thing you know, the whole, so they punt the ball, every single player on Nebraska, except for one went to the right side. So where my perspective, the right side, who uh, I don't remember who the other guy was on the return. Um, Jaden Reed was on the left side. The punter who shanked one earlier to the left, shanked another one, a little bit less of a shank, right to Jaden Reed. Everybody's going to the right. He just had a straight shot. I think he beat one guy, and it was simple. Look, he made the play, but, man, that was a poorly executed play that opened the door for Michigan State when they – had nothing going on the offensive side. Yeah, two things. Poorly executed on their part, and Michigan State took, took advantage. advantage. And that's yeah. one thing that is going to be interesting, and I think we've noticed that with Michigan State, is they will take advantage of other teams' mistakes. They have done. They did it against Miami and made it into a blowout when it shouldn't have been. Um, and, I mean, they that that's really, their I think, their biggest game. But they're, just, they're, they're taking advantage, and they're fighting so hard. Whether everything's going bad like it was on, on Saturday on the offensive side, they kept rolling, they kept fighting. Kept doing what they were, what they stick to, and it, it paid off. Man, it and it was Jaden Reed that that, it, that made it happen. Yeah. And I think, you know, we I think we outlined him early on in the year really well, and he's lived up to all expectations and exceeded them even. And he was the reason. He was the spark plug, like what you said. He he had the punt return for touchdown. He had the reception for a touchdown. He is a difference maker in this offense. And even when they don't have things going with Peyton Thorn. Um, 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 with Kenneth Walker, Jordan Simmons, you know, like some of their their key guys, yeah. he seems to always be stepping up for this team. And in the worst situations, in the most critical situations, he's been there so far. And I think I think we're gonna keep seeing that moving forward. I think in big games and situations, he's gonna be who they rely on. And and I'm not taking anything away from Kenneth Walker. I think he's still, you know, even a Heisman candidate. He's got to be there with his start that he's had so far. Yeah. But um. They they have more than one of these guys that they can rely on in these critical situations. Do you think that it was more of a they took away Walker and it just wasn't working on the the passing? It looked to me like Michigan State didn't adjust to the game plan. Like they okay. didn't they didn't think on the fly like they should have. So I think adjustments is a key key word because they were up. Oh man, what was the score? Thirteen to ten, I think at half, and. Second half, they had zero first downs, 14 total yards, I think I, I heard today. It was even – it was like six yards or something like that late in the fourth yeah, quarter. Yeah, before like the – yeah. I mean, yeah, it was not pretty. Like they, they did not 
yeah, the adjustments. They failed to make any adjustments or the right adjustments at halftime. It was it was not a good situation at that point. Yeah, I think it's it's a different MSU team than we've seen the last three years, though, because the previous teams would have lost that game probably probably by a lot. They would have gotten frustrated that it wasn't working and stopped fighting. But this team, like I said, they fight. They they have they have multiple ways of winning now, and man, good good for them. Uh, if you can learn a lot. Win and, and still win, that's that's more power to you in that situa- situation. And their defense stepped up, right? Xavier Henderson, um, he was all over the field. It wasn't it wasn't a perfect game from him. He didn't make the big interception. Uh, he didn't do something spectacular, but he had like like ten tackles and seven assisted tackles. Like that's insane. He's all over the field, and, and that could be because they, Sorry, they attacked Xavier Henderson. Oh my gosh, he was unbelievable. Yeah. Once so again. I mean, again, these guys like the defense. As much as we can talk about how disapp- disappointing the offense was, the defense stepped up, did what they needed to do in order to keep this game close, and be one play away. All right. So we have a troll here on on the YouTube, the Ghost of Judah Tribe. He said, "Go Irish." Have you kidnapped your governor lately? Michigan LMFAO. Um, Funny story about we're the, not part of the CIA, so no, we have not. Or FBI. There you go. FBI. Yeah. So no, we have not done that. The Fibby. I mean, it was only like fifty-five uh, percent <laughs> of that clan that was uh, <laughs> attempting to kidnap the governor were working for the FBI. Also, he says, His "Go Bears." Comment. How do you get sixty-six yards of foot out of your eye? Oh boy, this guy's trolling. So he's a Bears fan. Man, you don't have a whole lot to comment about as a Bears man. fan. Yeah. 66 yeah, yards is good for your offense. Yeah. 66 <laughs> yards. How many offensive yards did Just you guys have? Field, baby. <laughs> no, but thanks for watching. Otherwise, <laughs> hey, man, I'm, I'm excited to, to see how the Lions go against yeah, the, the Bears this week. I have a feeling this is going to be Lions' first win. I was about to say <laughs> something like we could be two and two if if Justin Tucker doesn't hit that. Yeah, there's but. plenty of Bears hate to go around on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, we're all down to hate on the Bears. But you're they, a favorite honestly, listener right now. Thank, thanks for jumping on. Well, let us know what you think about the game, man. I mean, if you if you're high on your Bears, let us know why you're going to beat the Lions. Uh, definitely won't be a 66 yard field goal again. <laughs> Maybe 65. <laughs> yeah, 65. Let's make it an even 69. Um, is that, is that good? Are we good with, with Michigan State then? I mean, they, they survived. They got the win. Yeah. Um, I don't want to say a cupcake game, but they have a nice way to to breathe here coming up. First 0-17 team ever. There's probably going to be three 0-17 teams this Dude. year. <laughs> Jets are so bad, guys. Jets J-E-T-S. So Jets, Jets, Jets. All right. Who the, hey, who's the other bad team? Goes to Judah. All right. When the Lions win Jacksonville on Sunday. Oh my I need you to jump back on here and, and take your medicine, all right? Wait, let's think about that? this. Let's think about Do this. Do we want to have a bet with them? Hold, well, I was going to say the Jets and the and Jacksonville look really, really bad too, right, right now with rookie quarterbacks that everybody was completely sold on, number one and two picks of the, of the draft. Are we looking smarter for not going quarterback at this point, especially with the way Justin Fields and, on the Bears <laughs> look? Even the year before with, with – uh, Tua, everybody had their – With Tua. They're loving Tua, and now they're, like, they're ready to move on. I know. Look, I – I think would, I like, some... would I like to have a quarterback to be excited about? Yeah. Oh, 100%. But I'm okay with waiting because there's multiple ways to get quarterbacks, too. You don't have to only do it through the draft. Look at what Carolina just did. They just traded for a cast-off. There's going to be several cast-offs here soon. Man, dude, this Boy, ghost of Judah is just killing it. Thanks for we're tripling our comment count for... <laughs> 
<laughs> all because I mean, of this guy. tripling, but divided by six, yeah. <laughs> uh, Calvin Johnson and Barry Sanders retired early from you. Your Hall of Fame killer is trash. I did not know that. Did you know they retired early? Wait, who's that? Barry? Cal- somebody named Calvin Johnson and, and Barry, Barry Sanders. Oh, okay. They retired Barry early? Sanders. Yeah, it rings a bell. Huh. It's starting to ring a bell. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that, man. Can you give us more information on that? Yeah, I, give me I've a little never, while. Never heard of that before. Um, cool, cool argument though. Yeah, must be the same coaching staff. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I like this. This is fun. Let's keep the keep this thing rolling. Oh boy. Let's give us a little bumper there. <laughs> I'm trying. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. State of my sports. Before, I like this. Yeah, be- before we move on, I just want to I just want to know what he's drinking tonight. Yeah, what are you drinking, our listener? Tonight? Because it's got to be something real strong. <laughs> yeah, for real. Chicago base. I want to I want to get a, a bet with this guy. Like, what could Ooh. we do if the if the Bears win, and what could he do? Yeah. If the Lions lose, and we could do like share it on our social media yeah. or something. Comment. Shoot the boot. We, would would one of you guys shoot the boot if the Lions lose? I think one of us probably would, Sam. Yeah. <laughs> As a CEO, you would probably want to step up there. Ghost of Judah, what what do you guys want to do? Yeah, comment, comment. Let us know uh, what kind of bet we can make here. Yeah. <laughs> he just said you guys are bet. actually going uh, to uh, help Matt Nagy keep his job. Uh, Typical de toilet. That's creative. De toilet. What does that mean? I think that's like a a joke on the. Is like that a, a reference to a, a, a Barry? Um, what was it? San- Sanders. <laughs> I think it's de toy. Oh, de toy. Oh, got it. Yep. Good stuff. If you're if you want to put your money where your mouth is, or just something fun, like let us know. Otherwise, I mean, keep it coming. We're down to read your comments and tell you you're wrong. Uh, Michigan survived twenty to thirteen against the Ravens or Rutgers, sorry, after leading twenty to three at half. The Wolverines did not score a single point in the second half. Cade was nine of sixteen for one hundred sixty three yards. Corm led the team on the ground with sixty eight yards on twenty one carries. Haskins had an additional forty one yards on twelve carries and two touchdowns. Rutgers won the rushing battle. 196 to 163 using the read option to expose the Wolverines. Uh, but Michigan had two sacks to zero along with one takeaway um, in a key moment of that game that, that kind of changed it. Um, I kind of want to start at the beginning here. I think it's a tale of two halves. Um, and, I mean, you, let's start with the, with the good here. Drive one was a 17 play, 15 run, 75-yard touchdown drive. Drive two, four plays, 72 yards, 147 yards on the first two drives. 128 the rest of the game. Um, Rutgers was one and four, one for four on fourth down, which is really the only reason why Michigan survived this game. I think. Um, what's the coach's name? The other team. Uh, oh. <laughs> Rutgers coach. Jim Harbaugh. Oh, not uh, Greg Schiano. Greg Schiano. Um, I thought he. I think he's a good coach. I think he overthought it and and took some risks. Um, that that. Probably made it so Michigan snuck this game out. Yeah, but he was looking to win the game. He's That's not, true. He's not looking for the, making the right football decision. He wants to win a game against a big time opponent. Man, this, boy, he is chatting. Is there anything he, more to tell? You know what? Say this guy. How how are about, you commenting back to him or no? How about if he loses, he has to wear a cheese head. No, that's that. Why would we? Why, that, why dude, that, you're bringing a third. Why, team why are you into bringing this? the Packers? No, 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 no. Hold on, he probably hates Green Bay well, more yeah. than the Seems Lions. Seems like that's he hates why, Detroit. I don't think he's on a, a Green Bay podcast. Doesn't seem like that. <laughs> Although, if we it, randomly it's, bring it's, him up, no, it's sensitive know. for Bears fans. It is. I think 
he said a cheese head <laughs> question mark? Yeah, he's yeah, wondering see, what's he's, going on. Yeah, he triggered. doesn't know what's going on. He's triggered. Can we get back to Michigan? Yeah, let's yeah. Let's let this guy let's, talk. Let's let him go. Let's let him see go. some good ideas. He's and giving not us just... some traction, so I just want to keep it going, you know? Oh, okay. <laughs> um, what was the biggest reason, do you think, for the, the first half and terrible second half? Like, what what did you see, Ryan? I think you could you mark it up to exactly what uh, you know the way Michigan State struggled. They they failed to make some adjustments. Um, Rutgers made some adjustments to limit the rushing attack that Michigan had early on, and once it came down to the passing game, Michigan really didn't have an answer. In, in this game, you know I know that the the passing offense has been stagnant up until this point, but this game makes me worried. Like I've gotten there, I've gotten to that point where now Michigan's four zero. We're four games into the season, which is a quarter of the way there, and we still have yet to see this offense take shape with with, with both you know uh, multiple attacks, rushing attack through the air. We're not seeing anything through the air. We're just not these wide receivers. Nothing. Now that you know we had the big injury early on, we have not seen somebody take over. We've not seen anybody really step up. Maybe one receiver per game with one play per game, but it has not been a sustained passing attack and that makes me worried going into these bigger games against you know starting with Wisconsin and it's not going to get any easier from here yeah what did I tell Sam this weekend you know knowing that Wisconsin wins games in the trenches and that's all they do just huge farm boys right yeah and they're struggling right now it, it I get it they're struggling Still, you have to go to Wisconsin and get it done. And you're well, not going to get it done by ground and pound 98% of the time. Well, so it, it's, I feel like it's got to be a more balanced game this weekend. I do want to focus on, on what, what we just saw against Rutgers. I don't sure. want to move sure. on quite quite yet. Cade, 9 of 16, 163 yards. Looked very uncomfortable, and it seemed like it was more in his head than anything. I didn't think that they were getting crazy pressure on him, but he was just panicking, Some similar to what Peyton Thorne was. It just was so out of character, um, and it, I, I don't know what it was. It was – I thought the offense line was doing a decent enough job, and it just seemed like the fact that he couldn't rely on that running game was just like, what do I do? You know what I mean? Like, he, he was like, I got to play left-handed now. You know, like the, the Bill Belichick thing where yeah. you make um, – but, I mean, what – where do we go from here with this guy? I don't want to say he's he's done and and like he's not the answer because I don't think that's fair because we honestly don't know. We haven't seen him throw the ball nearly enough to say he does or doesn't have what it takes. I I have been watching his form, his mechanics, the way his arm action is going through the zone and everything. I think there's something going on with him. I think physically his arm is not where it was last year. And if you compare the tape, and this is, I'm not, I'm, I actually have no idea if anybody's talking about this or not. But if you compare the tape from last year's uh, games that that he's played in, and then compared to this year's throwing motion, there's a change, and he looks locked up. He does not look like he's trusting his arm. That he's it, it, normally he has like a free kind of open throwing motion where his, where his arms moving quickly through the zone and like from his body to the, to up top and it just looks jammed up like he's he's almost like he has an injury in his shoulder that's what it looks like to me I'm not, I I don't want to really speculate too much on that but visually his throw throwing mechanics do not look the same Mm-hmm. I, th- I think he's struggling through something, and I don't know if it's mental, I don't know if it's physical, but there's something that's holding him back from what his normal throwing motion would be. And it, if that is the case, I would 
bring on JJ. Like we need some we need sort of threat. We, we need, need a threat. Exactly. We need something more than Jared Goff at quarterback. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> it, well, and and I don't and I don't And that was probably mean because I don't know if that's fair to Cade. Well, it's absolutely fair to Cade. Because, because that's right all we've now, seen. Because right now he's not out there to win the game. He's out there to not lose the game. And and that feels the same as you know the lines the way the lines are playing right now, but but in his defense he is he is under a shorter leash than Jared Goff. This oh, is yeah, this yeah. is college. Yeah. This is Jim Harbaugh. This is Michigan. Yeah, you, you you don't get to go out there freely make plays and be athletic and stuff. So, have so, you seen Have you seen his throwing motion? Have you paid attention to his arm? Does it look n- jammed up to you? N- not as much as it as you have. I will watch hundred percent. I think that's like the homework assignment, right? Go back yeah, and look yep, at some yep. some tape from last year. Look at this year's tape. To me, something's off. I don't I don't know what it is. I can't put my finger on it yet. Um, I'll I'll dive into more in, into that too. But if there is something, then they should have pulled the trigger on him already, and that's a coaching error. If, if, if you ask me, if that's the case, if that's I agree. the case, again, we don't want to speculate. Corum sixty eight yards on twenty one carries. Haskins forty one on twelve. I'm officially concerned that. If that run game is not getting the push that we've seen in week one, two, and three, then we're going to be in trouble. I'm officially afraid of what this week is, is could be and what this season could turn into. And I'm probably overreacting to one game. I want to give Rutgers a little bit of credit. If we said Ru- Michigan wins by seven heading into the season against Rutgers, we'd be like, yeah, uh, okay, no big deal, not concerned. It didn't change our outlook on what this season's going to be. Right now, I'm I'm sitting here, probably like, I'm 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 scared. Uneasy. I'm very scared, and it's not just Cade. It's not just the the running game when they didn't get. But like, we haven't found any weapons at wide receiver since Bell went out. I don't know what they can do, and it's all just we haven't seen it, and we've had four weeks to learn it, and see it, and we haven't. So that's where I'm just like, yeah, I'm gonna throw my hand up. I'm I'm terrified right now. And and that was my argument the whole time. Like, hey, wait, let's calm down. Let's not jump to conclusions. Let's not make any, you know, rash decisions out there saying that Michigan cannot throw the ball because last year we saw, you know, Cade's ability to throw the ball, and it hasn't shown up this year. And and I'm officially worried too because week two against a good team, Washington, they dominated on the ground and they could not do it through the air. We we saw the same thing in this game against a weaker team at, in Rutgers, and we're going to start seeing some legitimate defenses some legitimate uh teams that can take away your running attack and, and not to say that they're gonna you know against good rushing defenses Blake Corm can go off he can he he's good enough to go he off came, he, Haskins so like, can go off too one thing that I, I the numbers aren't pretty but they were inches from breaking the big one and that's what it's been with with Michigan it's it's you have your four or five yard runs constantly and constantly but then you break Three of them. That's when you get the exploded numbers that we've seen, and they came very close. Shoe shoestring tackles, just miss holes, all of that type of stuff. They they were there. It just it didn't fall into place. So yeah. I I do want to say that too. Like it was a lot closer to looking different on the scoreboard. A lot closer to looking at another 115 yards for Corum. You know, 80 for Haskins because they were this close to breaking them. And again, but the, for me the concern is when they're not breaking them. Can we trust a guy to throw the ball? That's where I don't know. Yeah. And we're heading into a place, and we can start talking about this. I mean, with Wisconsin, you can't go in there 
with question marks. And we're going in with massive, massive question marks. No matter how good or how bad Wisconsin is and what they are and what they're not, I'm sorry, you can't go into a place like this with this big of a question mark and feel good heading in. And if you follow the spread, it's going crazy because all the money went one way, all the money's going back the other way, and it just keeps moving one point for one favor, one and a half the other. It's it's just going crazy, and that's just telling you people don't know. People are going just as nuts as we are because these teams... Good luck trying to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, good it luck doesn't, trying It doesn't to... make sense. Yeah. yeah. It, do, do you, uh, Michigan's defense really did step up against Rutgers, so that, that is one thing to, to note. I their defense has looked athletic and solid and and physical since the beginning of the year. Yeah. So I don't want to take that away from them. Um, I don't think they're perfect. They 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 can get exposed here and there. They were bend and not break on on Saturday. They were I exactly. Yeah. Um, yes. They um, got shredded at times, but they made the big plays to stop them on fourth down. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yep. Uh, what did I say that they were like? Was it one for four on fourth down? Or yeah. one for five or something Yeah, one like for that. four one and four, four down. down. That's three turnovers right there. Not to mention the other turnover that they got on the fumble. It's like, in my head, those are turnovers. And they were close, and but they went out and they made the play. And I feel like Daxton Hill was really close on a few, too. He was he was diving at some of those outside runs with Martinez, and he got caught up just like barely. So we're talking about shoestring. You know, he was close to getting a few of those, too. So, you know, they had some big plays that could have been stopped for big losses, and it was just a matter of inches, and that's football. I I know it is, I get yeah. it, but um, I I think Michigan has the the athletes to run around the field and and be that bend and don't break because their their real um, limitation is up front. You know they they might not move the line backwards, especially against a team like Wisconsin. I I'm, I have some fears of their defensive line getting manhandled other than Hutchinson and, so, and maybe one other. So check out this stat. Under Don Brown, Michigan never finished a season ranked higher nationally in scoring defense than total defense. 4-0 right now without trailing in a game for the first time since 1973. The Wolverines rank fourth in scoring defense and 35th in total defense. Hmm. Bend, don't break, just win. I mean, I'll, I'll take it. Stat. I'll take it, but if you're bending and not breaking against Rutgers, what are you going to do against Wisconsin? What are you going to do against Penn State? What are you going to do against Indiana? What are you going to do against Michigan State? Like, yeah. you can't continue to bend and not break against higher quality teams. And, and Look, that's Michigan why it comes better. back. And Michigan that's why it comes back to, to offense. Sorry to cut you off. No, there, no, but. I, I I agree. And one thing I, I for the people that just kind of like say, well, you did really good in the first half, really did, and you did really bad in the second half. That's adjustments. The other team adjusts better than you. And I think that's kind of Harbaugh's MO, if you will. Like a lot of people have said, he doesn't adjust. Gaddis doesn't adjust. They just stick to their game plan heading into quarter one instead of adjusting into the second half to, you know, adjust to their adjustments. They didn't adjust, probably. I mean, it sounds like, looks like. Is that a concern? That we're seeing this again for from a Harbaugh and Gaddis offense. Mm, I saw I saw some adjustments. Not not to say that I think you're wrong. I saw I saw throws and play calls that were almost forced feeling, Ma- making Cade so try trying and, to get too cute. Yeah, making tra- making Cade excuse me try and do things that are maybe above his skill level in a sense. So I, I, I think it comes down to some of the play calls, some of his 
ability or lack thereof, but uh, we're going to see some things figured out this weekend. I, and the reason that makes me nervous is because I don't think they're letting Cade play quarterback. Well, I mean, the, the stats speak for themselves. Yeah. So I, I heard this on the, on the radio today. There are three teams that have thrown the ball less than Michigan so far this year. I bet I can name them. Oh, my Try. gosh. Navy? I would say all the armed One. forces. Yep. Army, Navy, and Air Force. Wow. Are you serious? Every single team in the country is throwing the ball more than Michigan other than those three teams. And, and the throws are scripted, like what Mike was saying. It's not like Cade is out there playing quarterback and able to read the field, check down, you know, second, third option. He's not doing that down the field. This is this is a scripted game plan for him to hit this specific wide receiver at this time, and a lot of it's two year, two yards down the field. That's there, there's that's scary. That's not the way this team. Should so function why? Ever. So why? Why is it? Is it an injury? Is it something that they don't trust Cade because they don't think his ability is there? Like if e- either one of those scenarios, if they don't believe in his ability or they think there's an injury, then move. On, but move I've, on to your freshman quarterback that that just led the uh, their high school team to a national championship. But I feel like that's been the trend for too long. We 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 see our starter from game one going there for two, three, four, five games, and then we're calling for his head. And it's been going on for way too long. And they it's do not, that. And they do that while they're losing games. They wait until they lose games as a result of their quarterback play before they make a change. And we we are 4-0 right now. So this is let's not lose perspective of yep, that. We're 4-0. I, I that. Yep. But at the same time, we we have an opportunity to make changes before we start losing games rather than waiting until we lose and mess up our season before making the changes. So let me ask you this right here right now before we get into some keys in the Wisconsin game. And it might be a pretty quick conversation because it's pretty obvious. But if he doesn't show something this week, are you saying make the change? Absolutely. Mid-game. Yeah? Not to say I'm calling for JJ to start <laughs> the game. I'm not. I'm really not. I'm not calling for him to start the game. Yep. What I'm saying is either trust Cade, let him do his thing as quarterback, or move on. And win. And win. It, Prioritize and win. winning, yes. Yeah. Anything? You got anything, Sam? He he has something in his back pocket. No, I, I'm honestly sitting oh. here trying to digest like if I'm calling for the change yet. I'm I'm not sure I, I am. I'm just frustrated that we don't know. The fact that we don't know what Kate is. We don't know we like we haven't let him fail. We haven't let him succeed. And that's where I'm just like, I don't know if it's him. I don't know if he's the problem. I don't know if He's not playing quarterback. He's not playing quarterback. And that is a, a that's, I think that's a great argument. And I don't know why he's not playing quarterback, but if he doesn't start, then yeah, make a change or let him do it. Let him fail. Let him make these decisions. Let him lead this team that we were told he was heading into the season. He was the leader. He was taking strides. He took this team and put him on his back and said, follow me, we're going to go do this. This is not the quarterback that, that we were promised. This is not the quarterback that we expected when we hear those quotes coming out of uh, spring camp. So, no. so scenario, Michigan's down two touchdowns, 14 points, second quarter. Do you make the change to J.J. and say, no, what you're doing is not good enough? And, and I know there's a lot of you know, like, minutiae well, yeah, along yeah, the way. Yeah. But do you make that change and say, wait, no, hold on. We're trying to stay competitive for this game. Or, or is your position go – 
the, the game is in your hands. Prove you're either it or you're not, and you're willing to sacrifice a win to, to see what happens. I don't think this this coaching staff has the flexibility to allow a loss to test a guy's the gonads thing. I and could not agree look, more. I mean, everybody has said since, and we're probably going a little too long here, but I mean, it's worth it. It everyone coming into Michigan was look, Harbaugh's not going to stick with a quarterback just because because look what he did with when he moved Kaepernick over Alex Smith. And that's an argument that everybody's seen is he's gone with the best quarterback. I think we have seen, other than um, uh, Jake Rudock, I think yep. he has started the wrong quarterback many, Almost many times. Almost every time. Almost every time. And that is very concerning to me. And that's when I will stop believing in Jim Harbaugh. I think he's a good football coach. I think he can win in this, in this uh, program and all of that stuff. I believe he can. But I think he needs to go back to his don't give an F about what anybody else is saying attitude and make a change because who cares what people are saying? You know what I mean? Like, be a dick. Lose the respect from Cade. Excuse me, I'm spitting everywhere. This is going crazy here. (laughs) Sipping on this beer. Well done. Uh, (laughs) I mean, I don't know where I was going. But make, I don't know, man. I I don't know. I, I, I don't know because we haven't seen him succeed. We haven't seen him fail. So that's what I'm going to stick to. To Ryan's question, though, down 14, second quarter, I don't think. Yeah, you, know, you almost like flip that little like switch or the, the the cover on the emergency switch up, and get ready to hit that emergency button. And if you start seeing, you know, your your, your defense isn't really reeling, they're they're exhausted, they're getting just push down the field and Wisconsin's about yeah. to score, go up by 21. I think at that point you're asking JJ to warm up, get a spark, get some fire under that team. I, I don't think you pull Cade in that sense because right now up until this moment, we haven't seen enough. It, this is like watching Joe Milton all over again. And, and yeah. at that point we were clamoring for Cade, put Cade in. Dylan, and, we wanted Dylan and McCaffrey. It, it, it's just it was year Milton. after year yeah. after year of this broken record of ah, put the next guy in, put the next guy in, put the next guy in. We all these guys are talented, and I, I think maybe you know just shy of maybe Joe Milton. I think he's he's got problems of his own, and I'm glad someone else is dealing with them. Yeah, but uh, when it comes down to it, I I, I don't think you put. JJ in for Cade at that point of what Ryan asked. Yeah, I I can't answer that just because there are so many aspects to that type of question. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, like I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I wanted to in, maybe. I wanted to ask like ten follow up questions Give like JJ. You know, where's the momentum? What does their defense look like? Yeah, do we get a ball at half? Did they like return a <laughs> kick return or a punt return for a touchdown? Yeah. I mean I, I get it. Good question. I, I again I'm just I don't know what he is, and that in four four weeks into this, we should know. So so okay to answer your question, I don't I, I don't care what we have to do. I want to win. I yeah. do not care the the end goal. My goodness, if you have to win by one point and double OT, so do be it. it. Go do it. Go win and go figure out your problems Monday. So the keys to do that is it too simple to say that the Michigan needs to run the ball? 
They need to find a way to run the ball against the number one ranked rush defense. Is that the key? Yeah. Or is Absolutely. it, or is it a cage one and of, finding a way to throw? One of the keys. Yeah, one of it, the keys. It, that still needs to be your avenue to open up the passing game. Correct. Because at this point, we cannot rely on passing game to win the game for us. It has to be that alternate option that's opened up as a result of your strength. Drinking craft beer, having fun, and talking sports in the state of Michigan. <laughs> You're listening to State of My Sports. Tell us about Betting Hero, Ryan. Betting Hero is a sports betting app or website that that collects all the different sports betting platforms online to provide a platform for you to just choose the best promo code available at the time and and, uh, lay it out for you wherever you live. So in the state of Michigan, it gives you all the legal options for online sports betting of your choice. It gives you each promo code available at the time of your choosing. They change all the time. It's not a one and done uh, scenario here. And what they do is if you use, go to bettinghero.com, use promo code MIBETS, they will again lay out every single one of the platforms available to you at that time and the promo codes available, the best online sports betting experiences and you choose on your time what, what works best for you and how you can make the most money. Uh-oh. Making some, what's that music? Picks? That means it's picks time. Last week, Kyle, one and six. a boy. Micah, three and four. Ryan, four and three. Yep. You guys are all tied at 14 and 12 overall. John, two and five to go 11 and 15. Where are you at? I went four and three. That's my first winning record of the week. <laughs> Nine and seventeen. Well so done. Still a little behind, nice. but I'll catch up. You're eventually. gaining ground. I'm gaining ground. It'll it'll happen. It'll happen. We're gonna start Thursday night like we usually do. We got the Jags at the Bengals. Bengals are a seven and a half point favorite against the Jags. Kyle's taking the Bengals. John is taking the Jags. Micah, what about you? Uh- I love John, and I hope this doesn't bite me, but why would you pick the Jags? Seven and a half points, man. No. Close games. No, give me the Bengals. You crazy? I don't know yet. I might just can you, be Can you turn crazy. the music down just a touch, Micah? Yep. Thanks, man. My turn? Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to answer this because I really want to pick the Jags, but I will go Bengals here. I think Joe Burrow's doing something special. I agree. I'm going Bengals. He's hanging out with his buddy Jamar Chase and Cincy. <laughs> I, Jamar Chase might make me look bad in the end because I was not He's sold on him. Looking good. He's looking real good. And he got a good partner in crime. Buccaneers at the Patriots. You got Tom Brady going back, or Tom Brady and Gronk going back to the Patriots to Gillette Stadium against Bill Belichick. Are they going to give the famous double middle fingers to them walking out? We'll see. We'll see. You got Patriots getting six and a half, which means they're plus six and a half. Kyle's taking the Bucks. John's taking the Bucks. Micah, who are you taking? What is Belichick doing right now? Is he game planning just to just stick it to the man? I think it's the opposite, personally. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's yeah. terrified. I think he's oh, shaking yeah. in his boots. <laughs> I'm going to go box. <laughs> yes, he is game planning, and good luck. Because that, <laughs> that quarterback is the smartest quarterback to ever play in the game. I'm going box. I'm going box as well. I think this is uh, going to be personal for yeah. Gronk and Brady. Um, even Don't maybe be, find a find a little bet out there to score the first touchdown, Gronk. I wouldn't first be surprised. Of the game. Brady to Gronk if the fans end up cheering. cheering. 
I, it wouldn't surprise me. Man, I do, do all the fans wait turn on their own team. I cannot wait to watch this game. I don't know why. It's going to be a terrible game. It'll I be, think it, I think they're going to put up 50 points against them. I really do. It's going to be a blowout. Sorry. Got Start it up. Uh, we got one more NFL game to pick. We got go. the Lions at the Bears. The Bears are a three-point favorite, which is just because they're on home field advantage. John's taking the Lions. Kyle's taking the Lions. Micah, who are you taking? Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> this is rough. You know what? Give me the Lions. Ryan? I'd, I, I'm almost tempted to take the Bears only because everybody's taking the Lions. Like, you guys don't think the Lions can find a way to lose like they have every game so far? Yeah, they're going to lose well, by they, one point. They, yeah. they could, <laughs> but the word is could. Yeah, Justin Fields, I don't think he's a good quarterback. Coming out party for Justin Fields? I was never <laughs> sold. Nick Foles, I was maybe? never sold, but the Lions lose so often to bad quarterbacks. The old Lions. I'm going Lions. I'm going Lions. I think this is going Whoa. to be their first win. I am convinced they're going to win this it game. It feels like a safe bet, but I there's like 90% of me that wants to take the Bears. What are you betting? Uh, this. It's a right safe here. bet. I'm gonna I'm gonna put money on this game. I'm going lines. Are you lines really? Sure. Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm feeling good about it, man. Yeah. I really am. I All think right, good. I think they're gonna win by double digits. I think in Detroit, people are talking about the two and two scenario that I brought up earlier. If they would have beaten the Ravens, they could have been two and two. Look, I'm gonna find an alternate spread. I'm taking lines. Yeah. Minus ten. I gotta find a better way to transition those. I think mm, you no. just gotta say transition time. Oh, that's how you work it. Yeah, that's what oh, I do. Sweet. I Sixty percent of the time works every time. All right, so we got some big college games this week. We got number eight Arkansas there at number two Georgia. Ooh, ooh, uh, measly eighteen and a half point favorite. That is absurd. How is that? So there's six point difference or six ranking. spot different in ranking. Eighteen and a half points. Eighteen and a half. Look, I didn't think Arkansas was going to win last week against A and A and M. I think they're both overrated personally. Yeah. Um, but we got Kyle and John both taking Arkansas. Michael, what about you? I I posted something on social media asking if people thought Georgia might be the number one team, and honestly, I did you get booed Georgia, out? Booed out? You got kicked? You got well, censored well, on the Facebook? <laughs> right. But uh, no, one I got laughed at. I don't know why I got laughed at for asking a question. But, uh, you know, give me Georgia. They just they have been pouring it on every single game, regardless of talent on the other side. I just I don't get it. Yeah. Georgia looks dangerous. I, give, give me Georgia. Arkansas is better than people think, but there's, I don't know if they're ready for this. It's still Arkansas. I don't think they're ready to go out and and. Beat a Georgia, but they don't even have to beat him. It's 18 and a half points. points. Keep it within three scores. Uh, like, for me, <laughs> I want Arkansas to expose Georgia in what some did, fashion. What did Kyle That'd do? Be great. What did Kyle do? Arkansas. Georgia. I'm just going against Kyle at this point. He needs to show up and, like, I want to see his face <laughs> you before, see I, see before I agree with one of his picks. <laughs> I'm going to go Arkansas. Whoa. Um, I think how bad Clemson is, is showing. Tells me a little bit about Georgia. That was their big win that everybody was really excited about. Other than that, they haven't played anybody. Yeah, they're blowing people out, but. Good job. You beat a one and two team. Yeah. 
It's uh, fine. In the or three. Two two. FCS. Ryan or I are ready to take the reins. Here we go. Cincinnati is at Notre Dame. Uh, so our, our former commenter that was just giving us a lot of crap, he said, uh, look, they're going to cover the, the two and a half. Coach Kelly made the Bearcat program, and now it's time for those tryhards to pay homage. Then he said, good show, even though Michigan sucks. Okay. Is that how he ended it? That was kind of kindish, yeah. yeah. Is he watching so? What, what was the thing that Germans say that's kind of nice? Uh, not so bad. Not so bad. That's the best compliment <laughs> you'll get from a German. Not so bad. And I'm saying from Germany, like fresh, you know, Fresh. fresh. From Germany. <laughs> Not so bad. That's like their were best you compliment. Say fresh out of the boat? Is that what you were going to no, say? No, I would oh. never do that. Do they oh, that's have, what you were going to say. <laughs> do Germans have like a broken English? Or no? I have no idea, man. <laughs> well, I'm not talking. I don't know what you mean by broken. <laughs> oh. Almost every German can speak English. Uh, you'll see that in Europe in general. They, they, got they, a little, they speak English, but... A little like twang on their... English? Or oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, there's, sound there's like? an accent. I, right. s- I think so. Yes, uh, it sounds good to me. Ah. <laughs> Cincinnati, number seven, is at number nine, Notre Dame, <laughs> plus two and a half. Kyle's taking Notre Dame. John is taking Cincinnati. Micah, what say you? Cincinnati, smash, smash, smash. Oh, Kai. Kai. <laughs> Kai. Ryan? I'm going Notre Dame. I'm going to agree with Kyle. <laughs> I think I'm going to go Cincy. I don't think Notre Dame's looked good. I know they looked good against um, Wisconsin when they turned the ball over five times. Um, Luke Fickle coming in hot. So I think that's what's going to happen. We're going to move on to our Sparty Party pick of the week. Don't forget to transition. I got you. Thanks, man. Because I love you. Sparty Party is a New England IPA with Mandarina. Come on now. and Amarillo hops, seven percent alcohol by volume, fifty-three IBUs. Sparty Party is from Big Lake Brewing. It is the official beer. What a good beer of Spartan Picks for State of My Sports podcast. Highly so. alcoholed. Very very good beer. <laughs> very very excited to drink that one again here soon. You got Western Kentucky at number seventeen, Michigan State <laughs> University. I think it's actually at eleven. We're going to stick to what's on the paper at minus. 10. Kyle's taking MSU. John's taking MSU. Micah. Bounce back game. MSU. Big. Ryan. Sparty party, baby. So, I was going to take Western Kentucky. That would have been too cute. But I don't want to lose ground on you guys. (laughs) And I feel like I feel like Western Kentucky is better than people give them credit for. And I think they could be sneaky good, but 10 points is way too little. I wish that was more like 17 and I would have taken it. Yeah. That, um, that would have been the trap. But I'm going to go MSU just to stick with you guys. Kenneth Walker's going for three really? or four touchdowns. So we're going to move on to our Hazen Blue Pick of the Week. You got the crushable New England IPA featuring citra and mosaic hops and brewed with real blueberries. 5.5% alcohol by volume, 20 IBUs. A little less bitter, but a little more flavor, if you ask me. Big Lake Brewing did it again with a great uh, haze and blue beer. We got Michigan at fort, number 14-ranked Michigan at unranked Wisconsin. So this is the line that's moved. So yesterday when I sent out the show sheet, Michigan was actually minus one. Now you got unranked Wisconsin minus one and a half. 
what's going on? Something crazy is going on. A lot of money coming in on Wisconsin. So, I mean, Kyle's taking Michigan. John's taking Michigan. Micah, what about you? Go blue. Ryan. Yeah. Give me Michigan. This is an important game for the program, man. I'm, I'm going to bet on Michigan all day because I think this means that much to the Wolverines. Watch Sam go Wisco just out of. You cannot If you like, if you believe in the future of Michigan, you cannot bet against them this game. <laughs> Look, Sam, go ahead. No, I'm, t- I'm, I'm going to take Michigan, <laughs> but I'm not very confident in it. Look, it, and it's not just because um, it's Michigan versus Wisconsin, but like this game is the season for Wisconsin. If they lose this game, just throw dirt on them. You know what I'm saying? Like that, what would they be? One and one and three. Three. Are you thinking Graham Mertz starts no, even? Yeah, he's going to start. Why wouldn't he start? Is he not going to start? Uh, Captain Struggle Bus. They're thinking about not starting him. Whoa, that, that's interesting. Well, I'm wondering why the spread moved then. I mean, is that really? I, I, don't, I don't know. know. I, I, I'm going to take Michigan just because, I mean, I have to. I'm, I'm a Michigan guy. Mike, do you transition over to the Michigan pick? Oh, Can we get a little feel of that goodness. one? It's all right, man. You it's guys, right. I am. It's all right. It's all right. Rookie right now. What do you, no, what do you need? I, I just Can appreciate I your hard gracious. work, man. I, I do appreciate your, your hard work back there. I really do. Um, Big Lake Brewing is looking to get some of the biggest Michigan and Michigan State fans on the Sparty Party can, along with the Haze and Blue can. There's only I think I think I saw on the social media that there's like two days left to vote on your favorite. So jump on there and vote on your favorite, and then help your favorite one get on the can. Jump on, on their, their website, website, on their social media. There's links in their bios and all that good stuff. Um, I don't know how it all works, but it's there. Bios. Jump on their website and you can vote on on your favorite picture and and let them go to the next round or, or maybe win. I, I don't know, but um, check them out and yeah, drink some some haze and blue this weekend. Here's a question: What's is your Pen, question? Is Penn State really the third fourth best team in nope. the country? Ridiculous! No, because Wisconsin lost to them sixteen to ten. I don't think they are though. And then they lost to Notre Dame, big obviously, but like those are the two losses. But there was five turnovers. Penn State and Notre Dame. Like, let's keep this in perspective. The this fact, is a good team. The fact that they're unranked and Clemson's still ranked, I think, is BS. Yeah, well, absolutely, hundred percent. But all right, I sorry. Get into yeah, it. I no, know. no. I so you're changing your pick? No, I'm not changing my pick. I just think, like, for I agree with you. They should be ranked. This you know is what? a team that's lost to two of the top teams in the nation. You know what really sucks about this though? It's like if Michigan goes in and wins, it's. Well, yeah, they just beat a bad Wisconsin a team. Bad a bad down one Wisconsin three. team. Yeah. yeah a, a bad down Wisconsin team. Good Dude, for you. Uh, Wisconsin, well, you go out and lose. It's, well, another lo- we, big game loss for Harbaugh. Wisconsin beat. They really outplayed Penn State. They really did in that game. They they were the better team for the majority of the game. And at this point, Penn State is ranked, again, three or four in the nation. I don't even know what they are. Overrated, if you Overrated, ask me. Overrated, yeah. I don't think Penn State's good. They're, they're good. I hate them. Though. I hate Penn State. Yeah, I do too. I'm with you. I think they're my third fa- least favorite. Fourth, fourth least. Fourth or fifth or fifty fifth. I would say f- fourth or fifth. Na- get- Listen, narratives across the country right now are driving me nuts. Yeah. Oh well, the one I shared like with, with you, the Penn State thing, or what, or what? what no, here's no, my, here's no, my no. favorite I, narrative. JJ listen, goes nuts. <laughs> listen, I, I'm not going to get into it. I shared something with you. Over the weekend, about some in-state teams. Oh, was that a story? I didn't see it until it was gone. No, the Athletic oh. Detroit got all up in their, you know, they got their own panties in a bunch and there we go. caused a lot of drama and stuff like that. But we can talk about that later. Yeah, what were we getting into? Uh, we're about to do our beer grades. Let's do that. Let's do it.
it is time to grade our Michigan beers for this episode. But before we do, I want to once again remind everyone of our partner, Siciliano's Market. They're simply the best beer store in West Michigan, located on Lake Michigan Drive, right between Grand Valley State University's main campus and downtown Grand Rapids. Wherever you live in West Michigan, it is worth the short drive for what they have to offer. Whether you know what you want or you need some help from their expert staff, Siciliano's Market is the best place for that. They not only have a massive and up-to-date inventory of the best craft beers from across our great nation, they're individually priced so you can mix and match to build your own six-pack. Along with their great selection of craft beer, they have specialty wines, spirits, ciders, coffee, tea, tobacco, and cigars. They also have the largest selection of homebrew and winemaking supplies in West Michigan. We love that Siciliano's Market is part of the state of my sports family and is who we visit to help us choose our Michigan beers for each and every episode. So please check them out and let them know that we sent you. What are you guys talking about over there? No, no, no. What I, what I shared with you earlier. I was oh, sharing gotcha. with Ryan. He was airdropping something to me, and I was texting <laughs> as he did it, and I hit decline. Wait, you and know as it text? came up, I'm learning. <laughs> and all I who see is big red decline. I'm like, Who are you oh. texting? Dude, you got to text me about mountain biking. I'll get pumped about it, and I'll text back. Seems like the podcast is something you get pumped about. But yeah, for sure. 100%. There. <laughs> <laughs> Don't decline me. Don't decline the air. I did that actually one time. I, I want to go buy a, a mountain bike, and there's a sweet one that might be for sale, but it's very pricey. And I'm Even though it's used? Yeah, but he takes good care of it. Good yeah. components. You know what it, you know how it is. Good component, like German, German components. German engineering. All right, before we get into our grades, we do have one of our grades coming in. Uh, Carrie, she was and drinking the mule beer Ooh. from Shorts Brewing. She gave it a 6.8. Uh, I think oh, she kind of whoa. agreed with us. She said too beerish and too much lime. Right. Sorry, Shorts Brewing Company. I like your s- other stuff. So, so I think that's fair. So more like average, I guess. Six six point eight. Not bad. I'll say gavage. There you go. Gavage. I don't understand. Good and average. Right between good and average. Ah. Yeah. Not bad. Not yeah. so bad. Okay. Yeah. Not so bad. Yeah. Ryan, what, yeah. what are you drinking? <laughs> and what, what kind of grade would you give it? So this is. You guys really hot? Is an it awesome hot down beer. Here? It is hot. I'm like really yeah. warm today. I'm very comfortable. Are you? Yeah, it's perfect. I would not want it any colder. Um, <laughs> Fruit Noops. This is a it's New England style IPA from uh, Black Rocks Brewing in Marquette, Michigan. Um, this is someplace I really, really want to go. Like Marquette is an awesome city, not only for their mountain biking, but for tons of other stuff. You know, on Lake Superior, it's it's property purchasing. There you go. I want to go buy a place. I want to go buy a place there. Um, hazy, so hot right now. That's that's what the the can says. Um, he loves that. Exactly thing. what I was just talking about. I, I love it. So hot. So hot, so right, hot now. right now. So yeah. hot. So hot. Seven point three percenter. Um, I was I was honestly planning to drink one of these tonight, and I'm on number three. So this shows how good it is. I'm going to give it an eight three. Ooh, wow. Hey, I, great beer. Seriously, great beer. Um, I am drinking from Founders Brewing Company, uh, part of their bottle shop series, their Highball Drifter. I'm not going to read the can again. If you guys are interested, just rewind the podcast. You can listen to it on the intro. Um, This is 25 IBUs, 11% alcohol by volume. Sorry, I want to get the name right here. I gave a shout-out to him earlier, and I forgot the name already. Um, Craig? Yes, that is his name. Thank you. Thank you, Craig. Craig handed this this beer to me. He knows what we do. Um, so it's, uh, Justin, uh, we just had his wedding, uh, about a month ago, probably now, um, met him, gave him some Arvon. Hey, he hey, loves, hey. loves Arvon. And I, uh, so he returned the favor with a nice little founders. He actually got from total wine. He, 
told me that. So I, I got to check that place out. Someone soon. else just told me about Total Wine this week. Heard very good things about it. When do you guys want to go? Let's I'm do down. You, I'm this totally week? down. Let's do it. Yeah. We really should. We should take a, a day date and just go. Yeah, day date. Hold hands, Ooh. walking into the door. Yeah, dude. Things get Lunch awkward. Date? Lunch date? We, where are we going to eat? <laughs> Well, lunch date, that's, I'm out. <laughs> oh, yeah. You can't bro, eat, can't eat lunch with two other guests. Bro, come on. <laughs> We're talking about like on, on a weekend or something, right? Yeah. Well, you I just said thinking. weekday. Oh, you said weekday? I'm looking for an excuse to get out of work. Oh, man, I can't get out of work, man. That's what I'm saying. I can't take a half day. I'll Drive, see you guys there. Drive a big I can take there. a lunch. I can take a lunch. <laughs> Perfect place for a day date, lunch date, whatever it is. <laughs> Total Wine, sponsor us. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Total Wine, yeah. <laughs> Hashtag Total Wine sponsorship. I don't know how that works. What was I doing? I was great. A beer grade. My highball drifter. Look, I'm not a big fan of the stout type stuff. Like, it's not usually my go-to, but this is exactly what they explain. Like, there's a lot of flavor. I like the sweetness to it. It's kind of a little bit of red to it. also has a little bourbon. Um, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of this. I really am. Uh, it's perfect for a one-and-done sipper at nightcap on if a Thursday more. night watching football. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna give this a pretty solid grade, seven point eight. Good for you. I like I like. Yeah. I'm gonna round out the beer grades with uh, Brewery Vivant's Pumpkin Tart Pumpkin Ale. Their their beer is made with a real pumpkin and spices, and then blended with the sour <laughs> ale to give you your <laughs> typical pumpkin ale. Just just both, one. Both Ryan and I are like. <laughs> <laughs> How do you fit a full pumpkin in that beer? That's what I was going to say. You guys know what that's from? You, it's from How I Met Your Mother. Oh. No, it's I a don't show know I from, do not I like. I just said the same thing. Sorry. How do you fit a full pumpkin in that coffee? <laughs> and then he changes it to beer. Same joke, same it's, girl. It's I, funny. That's oh. good. I like it. It's a couple of things. It's funny. It's good. I, it's good. We could talk about that we, at we our could, day date. We <laughs> <laughs> Talk about why I shouldn't ever reference How I Met Your Mother again on the podcast. Just stop. We haven't seen it. (laughs) Go to Total Wine and try and put a pumpkin into a beer can and then them ask you, what are you doing? Sir. That's their specialty. Sir, you can't do that. (laughs) Stop again. (laughs) Total Wine, I can do what I want. (laughs) This is going sideways. (laughs) So sideways. So Brewery Vivant, their pumpkin tart. 7.1%. 7.1%. This is a very good fall beer that yeah. has pumpkin in it. So if, you, if you're if you on the edge about wanting something pumpkin, I would highly recommend this. I'm going to have to try. A, a, so, a little bit of tart. It, it tastes good. It's not overbearing on the pumpkin. There's not a whole pumpkin in here. Maybe like a scoop. Wait, what was the grade? <laughs> there, there's no grade yet. Oh, you just talked oh, for so man. long. I thought there was a grade. <laughs> All right, that's Q for get your grade in, and we're ending this thing. <laughs> I'm going to give this a 8.1. Wow. I want to try that. really the darn good. pumpkin tart scared the crap out of me. Yeah. I want to try that but now, But Siciliano's recommended it, yeah. and so it's a, it was a good one? You put the can in front of me, and I didn't want to do it, and I'm like, you know what? Be a big boy. Just do it. I took a sip, and I'm like, this is really darn good. I would have smashed that pumpkin. <laughs> Smashing pumpkins? No. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> is there like a way to delete all that? Oh, go ahead. Do your thing. Thanks for Outro. listening to episode 124. We'll Talk to edit. you next week. We'll, sooner. <laughs> we'll edit, I promise. We'll do it. <laughs> Peace. Thank you guys for recording. Thanks for listening. That's what I usually say. 
You've been listening to State of My Sports. From the Red Wings to the Lions, to the Tigers to the Pistons, to Michigan and Michigan State, and everything in between, we're talking about it. And don't forget the beer. We hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. In the meantime, hook up with us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch at State of My Sports with an M-I. We'll see you next time.